If you would turn with me to Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31. Acts 17, 30 and 31. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. These are three of the greatest thoughts that can occupy the human mind. Three of the greatest thoughts that can occupy the human mind. Too bad they are not thoughts that consume every one of us. Here's the first thought. The God of heaven came to earth so that we could have our sins forgiven. There ought to be something very humbling about that. The God of heaven came to earth so that we could have our sins forgiven. You shall call His name Jesus because He shall save His people from their sins. Matthew 1, 21-25. That is certainly one of the greatest thoughts that can occupy the human mind. Secondly, every one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That is one of the greatest and most humbling thoughts that can occupy a human mind. Every single one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You see, the Good Shepherd is the Lamb of God. The Lord is the Savior. The long-awaited King of Israel is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But third, it's one of the greatest thoughts that can occupy the human mind. All of us will live eternally somewhere with someone All of us will live eternally somewhere with someone. And for those who love and trust and obey Jesus, and whose sins have been forgiven by His precious blood, we can have the blessed assurance of being in the presence of God forever. Forever. Prepare to meet your God. Amos 4.12, prepare to meet your God. In Acts 24 verse 25, Paul reasoned with Felix concerning righteousness and self-control and judgment to come. And when Felix heard that lesson, he trembled. You see, thinking great thoughts about God 
are the greatest of thoughts that one can ever ponder. And yet at the same time, unless one acts on those, one can understand why Felix would tremble. The Lord knows how to reserve the unjust unto, and under punishment until the day of Christ, the judgment. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. The Bible speaks of the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Romans 2 and verse 5. This morning I would like for us to think about the fact that there really is a great day coming. We've sung that song a good bit lately, seems to me even more than normal, although it is a pretty standard song to sing. And the message is sobering in one sense and joyful in another. One thing I think about, but its brightness shall only come to them that love the Lord. Are you ready for that day to come? And the idea isn't, but its brightness will only come to those of us that love the Lord and nanny nanny boo boo on you. The idea is that the God of heaven came to earth so all of our sins could be forgiven. The idea is we will all one day stand before Jesus, the judge. The idea is all of us will be forever somewhere with someone. And Jesus is the way to be with God forever. The only way. Five events that will make the great day such a great day. Five events that come together to make the day of judgment such a great day. In the first place, consider this event. On that great and final day, we will stand as part of the greatest crowd ever assembled we will be present, each and every one. The greatest crowd ever assembled. I know yesterday in college football, a number of big games took place and stadiums were filled. But imagine every person who has ever lived being part of the crowd on the day of judgment. We must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. All will be judged, Jude 14 and 15, in which He will judge the world in righteousness through the one that He's ordained. Acts 17, 30 through 32. All. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Romans 14, 10-12. There is a tremendous sense in which we can say the greatest crowd ever assembled will be present on that day and not a single mouth 
will fail to acknowledge who Jesus is. Not one. And you think about the inclusive nature of that. It is an awesome thought to think about all the people who will be present. And while there is that universal sense that we can say all will be present, it's also important to bring out that there is an individual sense to the judgment. Nobody's going to get lost in that sea of humanity. There will be no one who is able to be overlooked or skipped. There is an individual sense, friends, that just as Jesus left heaven and came to earth and went to the cross and died and arose and He would have done it if we were the only one who had ever lived. The judgment will be individualized as if we were the only person who had ever lived. So you think about how awesome and breathtaking it is to consider all of the crowd and yet it's very individualized of the things that we have done, whether the good or bad, 2 Corinthians 5.10. Everyone will give an account according to their works, Matthew 16.27. Know this, for all these things you will be brought to judgment, Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 9. Do you think you will escape the righteous judgment of God? Romans 2 and verse 3. On that great and final day, we will stand as part of the greatest crowd ever assembled. I know in many college university football stadiums, 100,000 people can easily be accommodated. Imagine all of the fields of this world on a given Saturday, completely packed, and it will be like a drop in the bucket to what the day of judgment On that great and final day, we'll be part of the greatest crowd ever assembled. There is a great day coming. Secondly, on that great and final day, consider this event. We will stand before the greatest judge ever to judge. We will stand before the greatest judge ever to judge. The judge of all, Psalm 50 and verse 6. The judge who brings one down and sets up another, Psalm 75 and verse 7. There are passages throughout Scripture that speak of God as judge, and there are passages throughout Scripture that speak of Jesus as judge. 
How do we reconcile? Before whom will we stand? It seems in light of what the New Testament reveals that God will judge us through the instrumentality of Jesus, His Son. By His Son, Acts 10, 42. He will judge the world in righteousness through the One He's ordained, Acts 17, 30 through 34. So, salvation is Trinitarian due to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But judgment is Trinitarian too. Done through Jesus, the Lord and Savior, by the will of the Father and the Spirit. Who is better qualified to judge? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Genesis 18, 24, and 25. I want you to understand that when we stand before Jesus, the greatest judge ever to judge, no one can accuse him of not being fair. He is no respecter of persons. Acts 10, 34 through 36. When we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, when He judges us, the greatest judge that ever judge, no one can ever accuse Him of being partial or lacking in knowledge or information. Because he knows all things. Acts 1 and verse 24. 1 John 3 and verse 20. You can understand what the writer of Revelation is getting at. In Revelation 6.17 For the great day of His wrath has come. And who is able to stand? I'll tell you who. The very next chapter tells us. Those whose robes have been made white by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, because they loved not their lives to the death. Revelation 12 and verse 11 No one can accuse Jesus of not being fair, of not being knowledgeable. No one can accuse Jesus of not caring. You know, some judges may not seem to care that much here in this old world. There's so many court cases to be heard. Let's just move these slow-moving wheels of justice along. But no one can say that Jesus doesn't care. The God of heaven came to earth so your sins and mine could be forgiven. We will stand before the greatest judge ever to judge. And I'll tell you this. The sweetest words anyone could ever hear are that Jesus will be our judge. Because when one loves Jesus, trusts Jesus, and has obeyed Jesus, 
Our judge is also our defense attorney. We have an advocate, Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? And the judge pronounces not guilty because the defense attorney says they're mine. Just last Sunday night, a brother came here and he talked about going to probate and how that, that he would be given the influence of someone who had committed a crime and spent time in jail. Imagine being deserving of eternal punishment and the Lord saying, No, I'm the judge as well as your defense attorney. And on the basis of what I have done, you are not guilty and no crime has been committed. Talk about Hebrews 8, verses 6 through 13. Their sin and iniquity will I remember no more. On that great and final day, we will stand before the greatest judge ever to judge. And you know what? Nobody's going to fool Jesus. Nobody's going to have some story that can, uh, or lie, uh, to, that can, can get Jesus stumped or fooled. And all of the things we are discussing this morning, and every time the Bible is truly opened, comes from a God who cannot lie. He is the embodiment of truth. Titus 1-2 in hope of eternal life which God promised before the world began. It is impossible for Him to lie. Hebrews 6, 18 and 19. He won't believe a lie. He will not speak a lie. He cannot. Event number three. On that great and final day, we'll be part of the greatest crowd ever assembled and stand before the greatest judge ever to judge. And there will be the greatest court docket ever seen. There will be a great accounting or reckoning. A great accounting or reckoning of all who have lived... We will give an account, each and every one of us, for the things we have done. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. We will give an account for the things that we failed to do, that we ought to have done. James 4.17 to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is what? Sin. We will give an account for the times we misspoke, for every idle word, Matthew 12, 34 through 37. We will give an account even for the things done in secret that no one knows but us and God.
things that we have not repented of, things that are not covered by the blood of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. Romans 2 and verse 16. Even the secret things. What a court docket. I don't know what that day will be like. But as a human, it sounds incredibly long. But I don't think it will be. And certainly not nearly when compared to eternity. Think about this. For those that love Jesus, trust Jesus, and obey the gospel of Jesus, all of that is gone. If any man is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. The old things have been done away and all things have become new. Isn't that rich? How merciful and good and gracious is God because imagine all of your mistakes coming out before people, all people. And they're not being covered. But they could have been. Because Jesus, the Son of God, left heaven and came to earth. We know we're going to stand in judgment. And we know we're going to be somewhere with someone forever. Why not desire to be With Jesus. Behold the goodness of God. Romans 11, 22. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Event number 4. On that great and final day, the greatest books ever written will be opened. The greatest books ever written will be opened. You can see this especially in a passage like Revelation 20 verses 11 through 15. And principally we might say that three books will be opened on the day of judgment. The book of our lives, the book of our deeds... That book can be opened and will be opened on the day of judgment. I think about that. And I'm so thankful that things that I did wrong that I have long since buried in my mind will never have to come out. 
But even more thankful am I that things that I did that were right that I have long since forgotten will be remembered by a God who never forgets what is good. He chooses not to remember our sin, but he never forgets the good. The book of our deeds will be open. I saw Roger talk a few moments ago during the Lord's Supper. God will say, and how I'm the Passover. And how that should never be lost on anyone that loves me and trusts me and obeys me. That may well leave our memories, but it'll never leave God's. The book of remembrance of our deeds. Good and bad if they are not covered by the blood of Jesus. Another book will be open. This book. The word that I have spoken, Jesus said, the same will judge you in the last day. John 12, 48. Paul would write, you will be judged by my gospel. Romans 2 and verse 6 and Romans 2 verse 16. We will not be judged by the creeds and rule books of men on the day of judgment. We will not be judged by the doctrines and commandments of men and tradition. Matthew 15, 8 and 9. Mark 7, 7 through 9. We will not be judged just on the basis of sincerity. We will not be judged just on the basis of a good conscience. We will be judged by what Jesus has given in the New Testament. I think we need to familiarize ourselves with the ways of God and love His ways. You know, several times Jesus used this expression, more tolerable for Sodom, Matthew ten fifteen. More tolerable for Sodom, or Tyre, or Sidon. Matthew eleven twenty through 24. I wonder if it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for Washington, D.C. in the Day of Judgment. I wonder if it will be more tolerable for Sodom than Hollywood, California in the Day of Judgment. I wonder if it will be more tolerable for Sodom than Las Vegas, Nevada in the Day of Judgment. And I wonder if it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for Midland in the Day of Judgment. You see, the fact that we occupy our minds with Jesus has come from heaven so that our sins could be forgiven and judgment is coming and that all of us will be somewhere eternally with someone will cause us to make a difference for what is positive and right in Midland in our community.
in our nation and in our world. And what God can do through us as His people in unity is amazing. Because what God can do with one is amazing. The third book, the Lamb's Book of Life. Brother Clay, you'll remember old preachers always had this one. Is my name written there? And if one's name was not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, how tragic. Because the God of heaven came to this world and went to the cross. Because we will stand before Him in judgment. We're going to be somewhere with someone forever. How can one ever think, I want to go to hell because that's where my friends are? No, you don't mean that. A right-thinking person does not want to be anywhere that Jesus isn't. The books will be opened. Event number five. On that great and final day, the greatest verdict ever given will be rendered. You see, people that want to talk about going to hell and being with their friends, they're looking at it in a very, very simplistic, shallow, and unbiblical manner. Because you see, there's people that have some semblance of morality and right here in this world. There's people who are Christians here in this world. There's people that want to be light in darkness here in this world. But in, eternally, in eternity, if one doesn't know God, love Him, trust Him, and obey Him, you are in a place where God is not present. Where light, where goodness... where righteousness and kindness and love are not to be found. The longer I live, the more I want to be with Jesus and the less I want to be in a place like that because I've experienced enough of that at times here in this world. Haven't you? Haven't you? The greatest verdict ever given. Listen. The sheep and the goats will be separated. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. The good and the evil will be separated. John 5, 22 through 29. The fruitful and the fruitless will be separated. John 15, 1 through 11. The wise and the foolish will be separated. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. 
there will be a great separation when the great verdict is given. Now listen. I look around and there is not one of you that the Lord doesn't want to be with forever. There's not one of you that the Lord doesn't want to be with you forever. Have you committed yourself to Him in love and trust and obedience? The wise man said, The wicked shall not go unpunished. Proverbs 11.21 That's true. Unless one comes to see that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Unless one identifies with Him and it becomes in Christ where salvation is found. Romans 8 and verse 1. Through God's grace and faith and repentance and baptism. The wicked will not go unpunished unless their sins are forgiven by the Lamb. But then they're no longer wicked. The sin stained now is clean. The lost is saved. The dead is now alive. And a child of the devil is now a child of God. That is good news. That is good news. Amen? That's good news. Do not fail to occupy your mind with what really matters. And listen, it's not your job so much in this world. It's not, it's not your kids or your grandkids. Those things have their place. But occupying our minds with the Lord of heaven coming to earth so we could be forgiven matters. Occupying your mind with the fact that one day you'll stand before him that matters because it'll make an impact on what you say and what you do and making sure you control your thoughts better and trust in God. And you know what? It makes a difference because when a person turns to Jesus, they are saying, I want to be with you forever. And you know what? That has been the plan of God from the beginning. That we could be home with him. The lesson is yours. How will you respond? Let us stand and sing.